Lone Star Gun Talk is a Lone Star Gun Rights production. Original music and hosted by Derek Wills. Copyright Lone Star Gun Rights 2019. Sir, how can I help you? Ron, your mustache fell off. <laughs> Leslie, you goofball. All right, Lone Star Gunners, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, you might have noticed that my beard has fallen off. Um, don't worry, the regrowth has started today. So it's just a temporary thing. Um, there's no need to freak out. Everything's okay. I'm feeling fine. It was just, I needed a quick reset. So I know I look a little, little weird right now, but don't worry. It'll, it's coming back. Um, we got a lot to get to today. And one of the things that we are going to talk about is national red flag. Uh, apparently we have Ted Cruz on board with something like that as well. Uh, we're going to give a quick update on the Capitol and all sorts of other fun stuff. And to help me with that, we are uh, bringing in our very own AJ Postel. AJ, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show, sir. Hey, Derek. Glad to be on. Hey, Lone Star Gunners. Thanks for uh, the support here with the the podcast, everybody. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, it's amazing. And, and uh, the audience is always great. And uh, I we, we get to talk about things in a way that just Facebook, it comes up short. So that's why it's... Uh, that's why I ha we have such such a good time doing it, and, but also it's it's super important. And all of the subscribers that we do have, uh, they really make the show special because, um, you know, they're they're passing on the information that we do put out on it. So, uh, yeah, thanks thanks you all for very much for listening, AJ. Um, you, uh, I know you probably don't want to talk about this a whole lot, but you went to uh, Robert Francis O'Rourke's. Uh, announcement that he's going to be running for the presidential uh, running for president and um, how was that well <laughs> let's see it was in the you know in the middle of the liberal cesspool of Austin Texas right in the snake den um, you know with its usual rhetoric and talking points from the Irishman uh, Robert Francis O'Rourke there was kind of a lack of any kind of uh, actual policy he was trying to uh, to bring forth uh, or anything. It was just the same old talking points. It, it seemed um, pretty low energy and um, a low turnout at the events. Um, you know, it was interesting covering it. Uh, I was talking to a lot of the crowd. Uh, they didn't really know what to support from Beto. They just knew they were all about Beto for some reason. Uh, but it was interesting, uh, to say the least, to uh, be right in the middle of that and see that last night downtown Austin, Texas, uh, right outside of the the Capitol. That's that's funny, and and you're not the first person to really say that. Whenever Beto was running for Senate against Ted Cruz, um, there's plenty of footage of interviews of people in the crowd that they couldn't tell you what policies or what things that they supported about him. They just supported Beto, which 
I don't think that we should be electing uh, our representatives in Congress or for president uh, based off of the fact that we like them. It should be strictly policy-based. Uh, if there was somebody that I couldn't stand, I thought was a uh, you know a despicable human being, but I knew that they would fight for what was right and that would fight for the restoration of liberty, um, they would probably get my vote unless they were just super disgusting of a person but um you know i mean moral character does count for something but it shouldn't be the reason that you support somebody especially the sole reason you know yeah absolutely uh it, it's it's kind of a weird shift in uh politics especially on a, on a national level um and it seems like it's desperate times for I guess both parties, um, but interesting that they want to lower the age, you know, the voting age to uh, 16 and uh, do away with some other stuff when it comes to specifically on voting, which is interesting when you see the, the type of crowd uh, last night at the uh, Robert Francis O'Rourke rally. Uh, it was, you know, it, it kind of makes sense um, in their desperation of, you know, their attempts. Right. You, you know what's interesting about that is the news broke that uh, Reuters had buried a story when he was running for, for Senate about how when he was 16 he wrote some, I guess, manifesto talking about child murder and rape and all sorts of disgusting things. Um, and his excuse for that was, I was just a dumb 16-year-old. But, you know, let's, let's let 16-year-olds vote and, and uh, elect policymakers to Washington. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's quite interesting. You know, they want to raise the age uh, um, for so many other things, but they want to lower the age on something that's you know so vital for the uh, the freedom and liberty of the United States of America. Yeah, I, you know what? Let's just raise the voting age to twenty five. You you can't vote until you're twenty five. How about that? Can't join the military until you're twenty five. I think that would have a better result than lowering it to sixteen. You know, I I think back to when I was eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old, and how dumb I was even then as a quote adult, but you know, I was also kind of dumb enough to join the Navy. So whatever. <laughs> well, th this kind of, I mean, it, it, it kind of makes sense when we look at the, you know, the history books, um, you know, that, that ruler that tried to dominate the world, uh, um, what was his name? Hitler. He said uh, something to the effect of, if you control the youth, you control the future. And it seems overwhelmingly so that they want to control kind of the uh, the dialogue and rhetoric from our youth and it seems like you know the conservative values and so forth are being pushed out of the school systems but yet uh, the kind of liberal agenda is being you know wholeheartedly welcomed and forced and pushed upon our kids and it's no wonder why they're wanting to push now to lower that age to 16 to capture uh those those uh People, they indoctrinated into their system while blocking out um, an opposing thought process. And it's it's, it's dangerous slopes that uh, we're slipping in. And I, I guess this is kind of goes into, I guess, the reason for our podcast today uh, with some of the, the red flag hearings and uh, stuff with that, you know, with the mental health aspect and stuff that they're trying to implement, I guess, into the school systems. Uh, we saw during special session a lot of that being discussed um, when uh, Greg Abbott came out with those 44 pages of basically anti-gun rhetoric that um, we're now seeing this session here in the state of Texas. Right. No, you're you're spot on, and and 
you know what? I'm just going to roll right into that because we could keep going back and forth about communism all day um, and how awful it is and how backwards our generation seems to be whenever it comes to things like property. But I, I don't want to detract the show. So uh, there's now a push at the federal level for red flag, and it's not what most people would think. Um, you know, everybody's familiar with the basic context of a red flag law um, in that uh, there's a, an ex parte hearing, which means that the person doesn't even have to be notified or present at the hearing to defend themselves against whatever allegations uh, and, and all of that fun stuff. But at the federal level, they're not pushing for this in federal courts. What they're doing is bribing states with grant money to enact these uh, these red flag laws. And that grant money is funded by our tax dollars that they steal from our paychecks each and every week. Um, so, it, it, well, anyway, the, I want to go to this clip from uh, C-SPAN. Um, uh, and it's a hearing about red flag. And it, it appears that uh, Texas Senator Ted Cruz is on board with this, at least to an extent. Uh, he wants to have the conversation, which I don't understand. Anyway, uh, guys, check this out. This is Senator Ted Cruz. Sutherland's crime frustrating because that crime in Shooter in Sutherland Springs, it was already doubly illegal for him to purchase a firearm. He had a felony conviction, and he had a domestic violence conviction, as well as mental health issues. But in that instance, the shooter lied about his convictions when he purchased his firearms, and tragically, the Air Force, under the Obama administration, never reported his felony convictions to the background check database. We need to do much more, and in particular, I would urge this committee to take up and finally pass legislation that I filed over six years ago, the Grassley-Cruz legislation that I filed with the, the former chairman of this committee that targets resources on bad guys, on felons and fugitives that would have audited every federal agency to make sure that those felonies are reported to the background check database, which would have meant the Sutherland Springs shooter would have had his conviction in the database, but also critically, that mandates prosecuting the felons and fugitives who try to illegally buy firearms. Every year, tens of thousands of felons and fugitives go in, try to illegally buy firearms, and most of them are not prosecuted. Had Grassley Cruz passed into law that Sutherland Springs shooter, when he lied on that form and committed another felony, he would have been prosecuted, he would have been in a federal prison, and he wouldn't have been in that beautiful church murdering those individual people. There is a great deal more we should do, but the right approach, I think, is targeting and focusing on bad guys. And I do think that extreme risk laws of the kind we're discussing can potentially be part of the solution set. That targeting those that pose an extreme risk, that have serious mental illness and pose a threat to themselves or others is a law enforcement tool that, that can be helpful in preventing crimes of violence. Now, as has been noted by several witnesses. Uh, policymakers have to balance the need to protect the public safety with also, also the obligation to protect constitutional rights and to protect civil rights. Uh, and so, Mr. Koppel, I, I wanted to ask you, in, in your view, 
what are the minimum protections that an extreme risk law should have uh, to ensure that, that, that to comport with due process? Sure. Um, use of ex parte proceedings only on a finding of necessity, as we have in Federal Rules of Civil Procedure 65. You can't normally just uh, get a, ex part, a TRO against somebody because uh, you, you think you have a good case. You have to demonstrate to the judge specifically why the other party isn't in court today and what attempts you made to contact that person. And, and if you're sufficient, then, then you can get the, the temporary restraining order. So uh, ex parte orders only on a showing of necessity, a clear and Yeah, so that that uh, the video kind of ends abruptly because it's C-SPAN and it's a hearing. Uh, so I apologize for that. But there's so much here that is so just wrong and and kind of backwards. And it's not something that you would think that Senator Cruz would say. Um, and it's quite troubling, especially whenever he brings up his Grassley Cruz bill that he proposed six years ago, talking about prosecuting people who attempt to purchase firearms illegally. What that ultimately means is that somebody was flagged during the next check. And uh, I've gone over the numbers before on this show about how many false positives result from the next background check system. And how many of those false positives are either dropped or never prosecuted? Uh, how many are overturned on appeal? And really, the, the number that are actually prosecuted, which is what's supposed to happen, is uh, like a ten-thousandth of a percent of what actually happens. From that, you've got ex parte. You've got TRO, which is temporary restraining order. AJ, you have uh, experience with uh, having a TRO... Uh, a temporary restraining order against you, correct? Yeah, I have. I, I've, I've had one absolutely wrongfully uh, placed against me without any uh, reason or rationality and deliberately used um, uh, against me to benefit uh, another individual. Absolutely. Uh, what, what had happened, so just uh, the, our viewers and listeners get a little context to it, and, and this is, you know, I hope would awaken some to the possible dangers that we would absolutely face with the red flag uh, legislation. And as, as you broke down, and I want to touch base on this before I get into the story, as, as you broke down in many uh, of the, uh, the episodes here on Lone Star Gun Talk uh, to all the, the viewers and listeners, um, that it is – Gun control is usually pa uh, pushed and passed by, unfortunately, um, the conservatives, the so-called conservatives, as we're seeing here with uh, Ted Cruz, uh, Lindsey Graham, and support with the NRA. You've broke down um, the uh, the major uh, gun control aspects that the NRA has pushed and supported, and that's what we're seeing here. But going back to um, what he was saying there on C-SPAN and, and touching base on the uh, the TRO, temporary restraining order, um, basically what had happened to me, um, I uh, unfortunately uh, was was married to an individual and had went through divorce when uh, she found out she became pregnant. She basically used me for uh, uh, the child and put me on, on child support. Um, she called me uh, when she found out she was pregnant from work and told me uh, I was no longer needed not to come home. My stuff was packed up and left at a friend's house. And this and that. Well, I come to find out she um, did the same thing kind of with her sister, got a two-for-one rate with the lawyer. And, you know, that lawyer suggested to them that, um, 
you know, the hurry up the process of uh, the divorce going through since uh, she was pregnant at the time that she would need to file a TRO against me for no reason or anything other than to speed up uh, the, the court process with the divorce. So it's a dangerous, slippery slope of people just, uh, you know, using lawyers to speed up court process, putting restraining orders on people who are no threat to anybody. And uh, this is a clear case of what we could see very easily implemented with the red flag legislation. Um, and, and to think that uh, divor divorce lawyers and uh, other people a similar fashion would not use that against somebody um, we're, we're only fooling ourselves to think that way. Uh, what do you think, Derek? I mean, could well, I mean, let's face it. To get a temporary restraining order, even for a, a, a protection order, say you, um, your 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 reason for filing for or petitioning for a temporary restraining order is because you're saying that your husband is abusive or your spouse is abusive. Well. You don't need to prove that in court. It's not like you're going, you're, you have charges filed against you, you're indicted, and then you go before a jury and they convict you of, of assault, uh, assaulting your spouse to get this temporary restraining order. No, what you need is you basically tell the judge, yeah, he beats me, so please uh, issue this temporary restraining order. Now, the rationale behind this is we want to protect women who are in abusive relationships, and but... Ultimately, what the effect is, is you have people who aren't abusive at all getting temporary restraining orders put against them without any shred of evidence, without any shred of proof, without anything except for her word. And as a result, you know, you're going to see that mechanism used to disarm people. And not to mention that as you're going through a divorce, there's all sorts of property that's being exchanged not to mention the financial uh, commitments for just hiring an attorney and court fees and all of that fun stuff. It, there's going to be, it, this is a stressful time. And, uh, you know, not to mention that following divorces, something uh, upwards of like 60 to 70% of men uh, commit suicide, whereas um, like 20% of women or something, something like that. that uh, I saw the statistics a while back, but men overwhelmingly kill themselves more often after a divorce than a woman does. And so they'll probably throw that in there as well to say, hey, uh, by the way, because men are statistically more likely to kill themselves, we're also going to take this opportunity to seize your firearms, you know, for your safety. Um, and no crime has ever been committed. No charges have been filed no nothing has ever happened except for a claim and that's where why this is so dangerous you know senator cruz said you know we have the the responsibility to um to weigh public safety with you know constitutionally protected rights no you don't that is flat wrong because you don't sacrifice uh liberty for security because ultimately what you're going to happen is you're in order to if, quote effectively do that you're going to need to implement a police state you know red flag laws have already killed somebody in in maryland uh a guy didn't want to comply with turning in his firearms and police shot and killed him um and i mean you the left asks 
if it saves one life, isn't it worth it? Well, it's already costing lives. It's already costing people grief. Um, and not to mention that homicide is incredibly low in this country, but we don't want to actually talk facts about that because that would just be insensitive. There's just so much wrong here that it, you can't even you can't even articulate it all because it's 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 really you're you're you know thought vomiting over people because of you're grasping at straws. You're like, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. So much is wrong, and I can't even hammer a single point in because. Well, there's just so much wrong with it. Right. And here's the, the reality of it all. A, a hypothetical, a red flag wall, a red flag situation uh, to um, a truly dangerous individual, which, mind you, we already have laws on the books that, that would deal with this. But a red flag law to a truly dangerous individual is equivalent to a uh, restraining order, basically. It's just a piece of paper to said dangerous individual. That dangerous individual is still out there, still can cause harm and everything. But a red flag law to a person that is no threat is a traumatic, troubling experience that could forever change that person's life. I mean, right. you're, you're having to go through a court process. You're having uh, your means of defense uh, wrongfully taken away from you. Uh, you may not be able to uh, afford a good attorney to draw paperwork to then fight that. God forbid you live in a, uh, have a liberal judge presiding over you with biased opinions. Um, but yeah, to, to somebody who truly is a dangerous individual, a red flag law does nothing to prevent them from being that dangerous individual. It just accelerates their fuel to be that dangerous individual. But against a good citizen, a law-abiding citizen, uh, it's troubling the damage of the red flag laws. Right, and that is something that is, that's, that's a point that's not made hardly at all regarding red flags. So I, I'm really glad that you brought that up because, you know, somebody who is dangerous, I mean, taking their guns isn't going to, isn't going to stop them from being dangerous. You're not legislating them to stop being an evil person. You're saying you can't have your guns because you're a dangerous person. And, um, yeah, don't be going over to her house and beating her because, you know, you're, this piece of paper says no. Yeah, uh, if, if if somebody is so inclined, they will do whatever is necessary uh, to 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 do whatever they want, uh, because that's just the nature of evil. That's what evil does. You know, it, it doesn't really matter what their what tools they have at their disposal. Um, and you know, not to mention uh, another thing that that Cruz brought up was how the Sutherland Springs shooter. Uh, was it was doubly illegal yet he still managed to get firearms and he brought up how it was entirely preventable i don't think that that's true maybe the means by which he carried it out was preventable under current law had uh you know had the air force reported his convictions to nicks and had that you know prevented him from purchasing at the stores that he bought them from but there's no telling. Uh, there, it's it's pure conjecture at best that that attack would not have happened, or that he would not that he would not have carried out an, an attack at all, regardless of what church it was or what location it was, uh, because of the you know the Nick's background check system stopped him. And that I find that to be really troubling as well. What do you think? Well, I think um, 
you know, evil in this world is always going to exist. And uh, we can try to legislate against that, but ultimately evil will exist and we need uh, good people around to uh, stop that evil when the evil arises. And uh, by legislating, trying to legislate um, against said hypothetical evil, we're blocking the good people to prevent or to uh, strike down that evil when it arises. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if we just look at it at face value and take the gun language and stuff out of it, it's very troubling. And, uh, you know, it's it's concerning to me in, in this political climate that people aren't up in arms. And once again, Derek, we see this again and again when it's pushed through by the NRA and it's pushed through by Republicans. Uh, everybody kind of sits on their hands and sits back and allows this to kind of happen because it's not, you know, the uh, the Obama in office or the Hillary Clinton in office uh, coming after talking about that. Yeah. And uh, we, we, we need to wake up to this because it's very, very dangerous. And as you already said, um, there's been already deaths involved uh, due to the red flag confiscation orders uh, being carried out in a few states. Yeah. And, you know, you brought up Lindsey Graham. Uh, I have up the, the, article from Breitbart where he basically says every right has its limits, uh, which is nonsense because natural rights are, na- are natural. They, uh, they, uh, they exist in a state of nature absent of government. So therefore government doesn't have the right to, to infringe on them. But basically, um, you know, he's voicing his support for dinner uh, for Senator Feinstein's, uh, national red flag law. Um, and also, over here, uh, Marco Rubio also is pushing it. He said, uh, quote, this idea has already proven successful in states like Florida, and it is my hope that this bill will get all other states in the country to do the same thing. That, uh, that That's very, very troubling because, one, it hasn't been proven successful. There is no data to suggest that it's proven successful, even whenever you just look at background checks, like the Nick's background checks numbers. Uh, the, the anti-gunners like to bring up, oh yeah, since it was implemented in 1998, uh, we've prevented you know 2.2 million or whatever the number is firearms from being transferred to bad people. Well, that's actually not accurate. Those are how many people got flagged. Those are how many instances where somebody was flagged. It doesn't talk about accuracy at all. And whenever you do break down the numbers, as I've said. Uh, there are far more false positives than there are legitimate negatives. Uh, or I'm sorry, legitimate positives rather. And so it really does nothing to, to stop anybody. And, and the data that is available is inconclusive at best when you really start to break it down. But the, you know, elected officials don't care about that. If they can use it to promote their agenda, they will do that. People like organizations like the Mad Mommies and Every Town, they'll use that to push their agenda. That's why they say, you know, the U.S. leads the world in gun homicides. Okay, well, why don't you look at just regular violent crime? Why don't you look at total regular homicide rates? Why don't you look at gun ownership rates? Why don't you look at all of these other things that tell a completely different story? And that's because nobody really cares about actual data. And, you know, you brought up the NRA. The NRA has kind of been a, a little bit silent. They've come out slightly opposed to 
red flag to an extent, but they've also kind of hinted, yeah, if it's done right, maybe. Um, and they've, they've just been kind of just towing the line, so to speak, uh, on this. I don't think that they're going to fight against it. Um, you know, Democrats are, this bill's all automatically by default going to get through the house because of the Democrat majority, uh, the Senate bill, the companion bill to it, which is, uh, S 506, um, is, uh, it is likely to pass because you have three Republican senators, Cruz, Rubio, and Graham, who have come out saying that they would support something like this. And then it would land on Donald Trump's desk. He's already signed gun control with Fix Nix that was passed by a Republican Congress, both chambers. Uh, he unilaterally banned bump stocks via executive fiat through the ATF, just redefining what a machine gun is and uh not to mention um he's already already been on record saying take the guns first and worry about due process second I, i'm worried that this bill will in fact become law what do you think yeah i mean you break up uh interesting point i want to go back just just one second where you were talking about the uh the statistics and data uh, talking about it's uh, you know it, it's hard for them to prove that they've prevented stuff because um there's there's no record of that and that's kind of been you know a hold up with us talking about um how you know open carry and uh carrying you know firearms and stuff like that um prevents crime because it's hard for us to show data and stuff because there's not a police report because it, it there was not a crime prevented so you know it, it, it's the you know if they want to use that argument then why can't we use that same argument for our side uh, but yeah going back to the as you were saying um with trump coming after uh, and i think we're going to touch on that here a little bit on uh, um, banning the bump stocks uh calling for uh take the guns first and uh due process later which we're seeing with the red flag stuff and you're, it potentially it looks like it's got a lot of steam and very might well pass what will be next is he going to try like he uh said he would uh think about uh raising the age of long guns to 21 because he said that also he said let's ban bump stocks let's uh uh, take the guns first, and you said raise the age. So is that what we're going to look at next, is raising the age of uh, long guns and shotguns to 21 years of age to purchase? Yeah. Um, at, at some point, there's got to be some opposing force to this, you would think. But, you know, we, we kind of live in a in a society today where we get selectively outraged over things. And so as long as the media can keep the focus to the general public on what this and, and lying about what it's actually what it supposedly does and covering what it actually does and the unintended consequences that are incredibly apparent to what it's going to happen. Uh, you're right. I, I think that um, it would it, it very well could get through. I think that they probably will raise the age to 21 Um which would mean, okay, so you can sign up to go die for your country at 18, but you cannot defend yourself here at home uh, or have a beer uh, until you're 21 because, you know, you're not an adult yet. I mean, yeah, you can elect our policymakers. Uh, yeah, you can, you can sign up to fight and die. And yeah, we'll take, you know, 25, 30% of your income as you earn it. 
but you know, you're not fully an adult. We don't think that you can actually defend yourself. That's what 911 is for. You know, um, I don't pay attention to that Warren v. District of Columbia case uh, that says that they have no lawful duty to protect you. Don't, don't, don't listen to that. The police are here, the government's here, and we're going to take care of you. Okay, that's ultimately what they're telling people. And, you know, I, I, it's, it's kind of scary, to, if you really think about it, that we're going to be having a generation that uh, could potentially be brought up in a, in a state where the government is literally going to start taking care of everything. I mean, they've taken, taken care of, quote-unquote, take care of enough as it is. Um, and probably too much, actually very much too much, but, um, it, it's just, it's, it's sad and it's, it's scary. And a lot of people that are diehard Trump supporters will brush this off because gun control is okay. As long as it's a Republican that does it, uh, you know, going to this bill, I, there's a couple of things that I want to highlight. This is the house version um, and the Senate version is, is a companion bill. It's the exact same thing, but this is HR 1236. Um, and it talks about the, the rec- it's a, like I said, it's a grant program. So as long as the, uh, as long as the states enact red flag laws that meet the minimum criteria that it, this bill lays out, uh, they'll be entitled to grant money, which is, you know, your tax dollars. And there's one thing in particular that I find incredibly worrisome about this, besides the whole thing. Um, you know, it talks about how you have an ex parte extreme risk protection order, which ex parte means the party does not have to be present or even made aware that, uh, that they're now subject to an extreme risk protection order. Uh, they just wake up one day with the police not beating on their door and, uh, you know, coming to confiscate their fire, confiscate their firearms. Um, but there's another thing here that it does. Uh, this is section four of the bill and, uh, it's on page 10 and it says update of databases as soon as practicable after receiving a notification under subparagraph a, which is the, the, the extreme risk protection order the Department of Justice or the comparable state or tribal agency shall ensure the extreme risk protection order is reflected in the National Instant Criminal Background Check System. That's the NICS system that everybody goes through. So, not only will they come and seize your firearms, but the state will then report that to NICS. So if you go to buy another one, you will be banned, you will be prohibited from doing so. And God only knows how long that's going to take to get scrubbed off once the the order has been rescinded or ruled void or whatever might happen that might yield a good result for the person that's involved. Uh, I I just there is so much wrong here. It's I I cannot believe that we're at a point with a Republican president and a Republican Senate that this is what is honestly being talked about and debated on the on the house and senate uh, committees i i just and it shouldn't surprise me because gun control has really never been enacted without republican support but you know what do i know um do you have any thoughts on that aj yeah i do and i i know uh to the uninformed this this may sound a little conspiratorial but uh i i know our uh, listeners and viewers the, the lone star gunners out there uh 
are responsible enough to do their own research and uh, they're 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 fact driven. So um, this this will strike resonance with them, I believe. Um, during the special session, of course, we had um, a lot of these hearings um, for the the red flag proposals and mental health and uh, school safety. And uh, exactly what you're talking about, bringing in federal money, federalized programs, kind of watchdog programs, um, were talked about. And you can go back and pull up uh, the video footage and hear all those people exactly what I'm telling you. It's it's uh, it's it's fact. They're, they're, this is happening. This is what they're pushing. Um, they're wanting to bring in kind of a you know watchdog where they monitor kids into the school systems even at an early age and it's uh all under the name of mental health here in texas we currently this session have it's three to four hundred bills filed in the name of mental health and they're trying to implement a lot of the red flag stuff under that under the erpos extreme risk protection orders and basically using you know stop crimes and stuff like that basically you haven't you know actually committed any kind of a crime that is think that you potentially might be a harm but what we're seeing um as many of y'all are aware uh, in our school systems we see kids getting sent home from the school for a pop tart shaped as a gun we're seeing kids uh, uh being pulled into the office and cops being called because on social media they posted a picture of them with their father at the range that weekend we're seeing uh, kids being targeted because they wore a pro-gun shirt to school so they're wanting to implement kids at an early age into basically as a uh, threat assessment and then implement basically red flag stuff even onto kids at a young age to follow on through as you're talking right now uh, and said as that bill's currently written that's uh if, if it was implemented somebody put that say on me and yes i go to court go to the court process and clear that stuff um would would I be able to pass that uh, background check because I'm on that uh, basically an alternative of like a no-fly list, you know, a terrorist watch list, or some kind of a list they're putting us on now where we can't buy guns, you know, even though we've literally not committed any crime, uh, like the pop chart kid or yeah, know, right. whatever. It's just crazy. Well, I mean, I don't know at what point uh, the – and this is not a condemnation of the average American – uh, but I don't know at what point the average American will start coming up and saying, okay, this is beginning to begin to look like an infringement. I mean, you and I, we believe every gun law is an infringement. Um, and there's a lot of really good Americans out there that, that believe in, in freedom and liberty, uh, but they typically support some forms of gun control You know that sound good like. Uh, background checks and they would probably be on board with the red flag law because it's marketed as it's marketed so well but it's like at what point are people going to start waking up and realizing that these are these are more than infringements these are uh these are dangerous to liberty um and anybody that cares about liberty in this country should adamantly oppose them regardless of how good they sound um, and you know, credit where it's due, the left is incredibly good at marketing and that's how they're selling this. And that's even how they're probably getting Republican support. Uh, well, that's one reason, but, um, also there are Republicans that just don't really care about gun rights. I mean, they'll, 
claim that they support the Second Amendment, but it's not their hot button issue. You know, it's not the thing that gets them going. It's not the thing that fires them up. Uh, it's something that's more of a political chess piece that they will use whenever it benefits them, and that's about it. Um, and it's it's sad. There's there's going to come a time in this country, I believe. Um, hopefully, it's not in my lifetime. And hopefully it can be overturned and, and not come to fruition. But I believe very wholeheartedly that there's going to come a time where people are going to wake up one day and realize that they haven't had liberty in this country for generations. And um, they have no means to restore liberty because all of their liberties have been taken. And it's now a uh, socialist cesspool and there is no way to fight out of it. And I, I hope I'm wrong, but I, I don't, I don't think that I am. Um, what do you, what do you think, AJ? Well, you know, I regret saying this, I think, but uh, I, I, I feel that, you know, that stupid, uh, those stupid bump stocks, you know, that stupid plastic thing and all that. I feel, you know, the bump stock ban was our litmus test. And I think we failed that. I think as gun owners, we failed the litmus test they threw at us with the bump stock ban. And uh, I think we're going to probably touch base on that a little bit on, on here. But I feel that was kind of America's litmus test to see we where we are at and where we will take a stand for gun rights and the blatant atrocity of what happened with that and uh, is uh, – I hope that's not, you know, a, a look into the future of, of what's about to happen because we failed miserably on them, you know. Yeah. Well, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what exactly happened. Um, Donald Trump proposed or had the ATF propose a rule that ultimately said that bump shock that um, the term machine gun used in the NFA as well as the FOPA uh, and Gun Control Act of '68 that those terms now include bump stocks. And uh, luckily, it only includes bump stocks. It doesn't include binary triggers or crank triggers or anything like that. Um, but you're right. I do think that we failed that litmus test because um, people are so hyper-focused on who's in office and not what they're doing. Uh, you know, they, they, they bring up things, they, they bring up other things that somehow excuse the usurpations that, uh, that president Trump is, is enacting and, and doing. And, you know, not to mention that anybody that possesses a bump stock right now is a felon, you know, it, it, it carries with it felony charges where if you were convicted, you could spend up to 10 years in prison and, uh, you know, it was done in such a way that never saw Congress. It, um, you know, the Constitution stri strictly prohibits ex post facto laws, which basically says that if it's legal today um, and then made illegal tomorrow, you cannot be uh, prosecuted for doing it yesterday. And that's essentially what has happened. It's basically because there's no grandfather in it, um, it's an ex post facto law. And as a result, you know, you have millions of Americans who are possessing something that will land them a felony conviction. And the Sixth Circuit has decided that they're not going to stay the ban. Um, GOA is taking it up to the Supreme Court. And I have no faith in the Supreme Court. Brett Kavanaugh has ruled against the, the Second Amendment and Fourth Amendment. 
uh, Neil Gorsuch had a, an interesting ruling when he was um, uh, a circuit judge that had to do with uh, law enforcement detaining somebody uh, for carrying a weapon uh, and then arresting them for something completely different. Uh, that he upheld that. And so I, I don't have any faith in the Supreme Court either, not to mention that they shouldn't have the power to do that, but whatever. Uh, this is the country that we live in now. Um, so do you think that, that there is any chance that the, uh, that the, those that support Donald Trump in claiming that he is just playing 4D underwater bird box chess with the left, do you think that there's any chance that that's actually true? Um, you know, I would love to be optimistic and, and really think that everything's going to play out, um, uh, beautifully, but I understand politics and I understand the process and the the clock is ticking for for all that hypothetical stuff, uh, 4D chess to play out. And, um, we're running out, and in the meantime, uh, our tree of liberty is desperately taking some hits. We don't have uh, many branches left on that tree of liberty. And, um, you know, the whole, like, drain the swamp thing and all that, well, you know, there's plenty of stuff out there, uh, you know, to, to drain that swamp, but it's not uh, being drained. And we're, we're not on the offense on gun rights, any, any stretch of the imagination. So um, maybe I'm just, you know, completely ignorant to uh, the 4D chess, but um, I'm not buying into it. I'm really not, you know? Yeah, I would like to think that it's true, but I just don't see it happening. I don't, you know, I don't see, I mean, just looking at, at Donald Trump's history, uh, he wrote in a book that he wrote how he supported gun control, uh, not total gun bans like the left wants. But gun control, nonetheless, enhanced waiting periods, things like that. Um, so I have no doubt that he actually supports this ban that he instituted. And I don't see it as a 4D chess move. Um, but, you know, I guess only time will really tell. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, do you, are, are, are you in possession of any felony uh, contraband at the moment? Or did you, I, I know that you went fishing recently. What, what happened with that? Well, I am a very avid fisherman, um, and and sometimes uh, I, I like to go on the Guadalupe River. We got uh, flowing rapids, uh, beautiful uh, rainbow trout out there. Uh, use the salmon eggs if you ever go out there fishing; they, they work wonderfully. Um, unfortunately, a lot of times when, when I go out there and, and we float the river, we get we get flipped over, and I, I, I tend to lose a lot of stuff. So. Um, uh, unfortunately, I regret to say I'm, I'm no longer in, in possession of any kind of like, you know, things that would be a felony at this point. Um, but uh, I, I might have Jerry Mikulik on speed dial. Oh. So. Well, we, we need to we need to confiscate his finger. Um, and also uh, that video that Military Arms Channel put up uh, where he wasn't even using a bump stock. He was just using his finger. And, you know, pushing forward and, oh, look at that. It works. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> It'll stop. Well, It'll... What, do you, Good. what do you think about uh, California with the, the magazine uh, stuff going on right now? Have you looked into that at all? I know it's pretty breaking on that. But... Yeah, I, I looked at it a little bit. And 
you know, it's it's one of those where I believe it was a circuit court that ruled that, uh, which means that the the opposition is going to be appealing it up to uh, the Supreme Court, uh, and they'll choose whether or not to uh, they'll choose whether or not to hear the case. And if they don't, it'll just go back down to the circuit court, which means it'll be a win for for California, and you know, good for them. I, I'm I am glad that there are courts that will abide by the constitution um even even though i i i don't like the amount of power that they do wield but uh you know it, it's a it's a win for them and i'm glad that I'm, I'm glad that they're able to you know use their magazines their standard magazines and even their drum magazines if they wanted to um i i would very much just like to see uh a repeal of all gun control laws just so we could show people that nothing bad would happen. Uh, but I'm not emperor of the U of the U S uh, kind of wish I was at some, at some stages in, in my life, but um, you know, I don't have that authority and the constitution doesn't grant it for me. So uh, you know, I'm just going to have to keep playing the game. Uh, I, I, do you have any specific thoughts on it or, or what? Well, I have seen uh, uh, certain companies now state that they uh, are shipping high-capacity magazines to uh, the state of California. So, so that's that's uh, that's pretty interesting and, and good for, good for those companies. You know, um, that's that's great. I, I would imagine um, Home Depot and, and, and stores like that probably been selling some shovels though you know this this week in california you know or <laughs> digging some holes in the backyard at this point maybe but uh it's interesting well i mean they, they could just be looking for buried treasure i mean keep in mind that california was where the gold rush happened of 1849 so they're probably looking for gold not definitely not definitely not magazines that they were intentionally hiding from the state government because why would anybody do that that um you know we're we're all law abiding here we we follow the law regardless of what it says right oh absolutely i'll i'll, I'll get my get, get in that line click my heels and uh be right <laughs> on board for sure uh well uh you know aj i i really appreciate your insight and coming on the show here um and it's been it's been fun. It's been a great conversation. Uh, I'm gonna wrap things up here. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts before we go? No, I, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Uh, uh, heck of a show as always. Keep doing your thing. We greatly uh, appreciate everything you do uh, as part of the team here with Lone Star Gun Rights and also uh, our followers. Uh, the whole Lone Star Gun Rights, Lone Star Gun Talk is all of you it's it's what you guys make of it uh we are only here because of each and every one of you uh viewers and listeners and uh we applaud y'all and thank y'all for supporting us in this fight aj i'm sorry the music's cutting us all right take care guys